good morning everybody hope you're awake and full if you're not full it's your fault because there was plenty out there um just a, a few little things i, I wanted to mention to the, to the church um first thing is uh if you did not sign the cards for the carpenter kids um they're not sealed yet um i don't know where they're at where are they at Carol? The cards for the carpenters. Okay, they're out there in Fellowship Hall. If you didn't sign them uh, before we uh, take them over there tomorrow, if you want to throw your name and something in there. Um, they're doing well. The kids are doing great right now. I talked to DSS twice this week. so I don't hear nothing for two months, and then I get to talk to them twice in a week. Um, but they're doing great. And I think, where's Dawn? Everybody's spread out differently. Don talked or seen them in Johnson City yesterday. They said they would look good and they're doing good. So you just keep praying for, for the, the kids that uh, um, the, the legal system would treat them right. Just put it like that. I think they're doing well right now. Um, remember, y'all, some of y'all probably remember Preacher Dennis Church, backside of Beach Mountain, he pastored Beach Mountain Baptist Church for 20 some years. I don't know. Um, anyway, he passed away uh, Thursday. Uh, the viewings today and the funerals tomorrow. So remember that family. He, uh, me and who's I talked to a while ago about that. He's uh, he was ready to go home. Me and James talking about it. He, Preacher Dennis put on Facebook the other day. He, that was his Christmas wish was to go home and get a new body, and he got it. Uh, he uh, he was probably the closest church in the association to me when I was at Beach Valley. Now Beach Valley was in three forts and Preacher. Uh, Dennis and, and Beach Mountain was in the Avery Association, but uh, he helped me out more back there on the back side, the Dark Ridge side of, of the mountain um, than anybody. And uh, he was my pastor's best friend growing up. They grew up together, so we had a, a connection there. But I thought the world of Preacher Dennis. So pray for that family. I know they got peace now. I know he's at peace now. He got that body he needed for a long, long time. So remember Preacher Dennis. And then, a, you know, another praise report. We keep talking about how, how good God's been here lately, and uh, we've we seen where Faith, uh, Faith Hughes got to come home uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday or Friday? Friday. Uh, so there's another one. Yeah, so we've got Ethan home and Faith's home now. So um, just keep uh, praising him and, and thanking him for what he's doing. Um, and then we got Mary. we got to do a lot of praying for uh, Mary's got to go back on the 31st uh, for a, a liver biopsy. They're thinking her, her body may be rejecting her liver now. Um, so you're going to Pennsylvania, then you're coming home, picking up, yeah, picking them up, and then going on back to Vanderbilt. So they got a lot of traveling to do uh, next week. So before, and I don't want to do it now, but before we close the service out, we're going to we're going to pray with with Mary and. And Morris, too, because you've got a lot of driving to do. <laughs> so we're going to pray for both of them uh, before because we won't see them until after the first of the year, I guess. Um, so we're going to make sure to do that before we leave here. And then we've got Georgia over here. <sighs> Stubborn old Georgia. No, she, she's been sick as well, and we're going to be praying for her, too. Um, that uh, Lord just And Cameron, and Cameron, her 8-year-old uh, great-grandson's been wearing a heart monitor for 15 days. Uh, trying to figure out what's causing him to black out. Um, so we've got to remember Cameron as well. A lot going on. A lot going on around here. A lot of sickness going on. But uh, 
we, we see, we've seen what he can do, what God can do for us. So we'll just keep uh, lifting everybody up and praying. I want to stop on that. We will, we will not be here Wednesday night, by the way. If you got your Bibles, turn over to Luke 2-7. Who would have thought? Day before, Sunday before Christmas, we'd be in Luke chapter 2. But we are. <clears throat> I, got, I got a lot to say. Probably not the best Sunday for me to have a lot to say. <laughs> After y'all have ate all of that. But I got a lot to say. I've got a lot that the Lord's laid on my heart for the past two weeks. I started working on this message Sunday night of the, the play. Um, and I actually wanted to preach that night. I wanted to talk about some of this stuff. But when I stood up here, he said no. Because I needed to hear it myself today. Some of y'all may need to hear it. But I got thinking about the gift that we, and we've all the whole month of December that's what what we've been preaching on is is that gift that he's given us he's given us the most perfect gift that anybody has ever received as a kid growing up we think about perfect gifts i got tickled last night we was over at my mother-in-law's and we we done christmas we started we started a little bit early and then started christmas with her family yesterday and eli Eli, all the kids got these big rubber balloons that with little rubber strings on it that you just beat people with. And he got, and he's running around, and he stopped, and he yelled. He said, this is the best Christmas ever, and just kept running through the house beating that thing. And I think, he thinks that's the perfect gift. But, and y'all remember his, his brother's lane, the one that helped Paisley raise the money during Harry's Day. But... I got thinking about what he said, the best Christmas ever. And for a child, yeah, he's probably right. That might be, yesterday may have been, or this might be the best one yet in his eyes. But in our hearts as adults or Christians, we, we know that the best Christmas ever was the day that he was born, the day that Jesus was born. That's the best Christmas ever. That's the best present that we've ever received. The earth has received the best present that we have received it's when we asked Jesus into our heart, and we received that gift, that free gift of salvation. That's the best present. And I heard on the radio the other day, uh, a husband said, uh, told his wife, said, um, <laughs> I'm God's gift to you. That was the husband's words to the, the wife. I'm God's gift to you. And she replied back, God doesn't do gag gifts. And he does not. <laughs> so this morning we're going to end this series or these messages on, on gifts about the greatest gift ever. We're going to we'll wrap up because uh, uh, I've got, just remember this, for next Sunday we're going to be looking at the 4Gs. Not 4G on your cell phone. We're going to be looking at 4Gs next Sunday. Uh, but God gave us the most perfect gift that we could ever imagine. And we're gonna, I'm gonna, I want to emphasize that one more time today. I got it marked in my book for Preacher Carl Wilson. Last message you ever heard the man preach before he passed away was, let me tell you one more time. That's, that's what he kept saying, let me tell you one more time. So let me tell you one more time. Just how perfect that gift is. Just one more time. 
Because by Wednesday, a lot of people is going to forget about it. By Tuesday night, a lot of people is going to forget about this gift because we're going to get busy. We're going to start Tuesday, if you had not started already, and we're going to get busy. And we're going to put a lot of worldly things in front of this time set aside, not for giving gifts and receiving them, but for remembering the greatest gift. God's gift to us is the most perfect gift that we'll ever need. God's gift to us, and that would be his son, that's salvation. His gift, his gifts, that's one of the things that we emphasize the gift. We, we emphasize that babe in the manger. We talk about that gift, but God didn't stop with just that gift. He continues to give us gifts through blessings. When he blesses us, that's a gift from God. When he, when he gives us mercy, that's a gift from God. When he, when he shows his love and affection towards us, that's another gift from God. So he continues to give us gifts way past what Matthew said and way past what Luke said. God just continues to gift us and gift us and gift us through his blessings. He continues to show us unconditional love everywhere we turn. So he's not just done with that babe in the manger. Y'all don't have to stand. I wouldn't put that on you today. I'm going to read one verse. Luke 2, 7 says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. That's, that's the gift. Let's pray. Father, this morning, God, it's been good. It's been good to fellowship with my brothers and my sisters. Lord, it's been Good to fellowship with this church. Lord, it's been good to be in your house already this morning, Father, and I'm looking forward to what you have in store for us today. God, I want to thank you for uh, the gifts that you continue to, to give us. I want to thank you for the greatest gift I've ever received in my life, and that would be salvation. Lord, we want to thank you for where you continue to to move and work. Lord, where you continue to, to bless and heal. Where you continue just to, to comfort us. So, the Lord, today we just want to give you praise and, and thank you for all that you have done and all that you're going to do for each one of us. Lord, we lift up the sick. We praise you for your healing. Lord, I pray that you just have a, a, a great movement today inside your church here at Chestnutdale. Lord, I pray for a movement in other churches as well. God, as we continue to, to try to grow and, and please you in all that we do, we love you and we praise you. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you want to learn anything about giving, anything about giving, the best person to take note from is God. I got a lot of scripture that we're getting ready to read. And I try not to do too much Old Testament because I know you go to sleep if I, if I was in too much Old Testament. But if you want to think about how the best way for us to give anything is and how we need to model our giving, the best person in the world for us to look at and to model our giving from is God. I mean, seriously, that man can give and he doesn't just give he gives out of pure love every time he's given something to any of us anytime that he has given something in the bible he does it out of love 
He sees a need, not a want. He sees a need, and so he gives to fulfill that need. That's how God works. Very first thing he done for us, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He gave. He gave earth. He gave heaven. He gave the next thing that he done after he gave in Genesis 1-1. He gave earth Adam. He gave the very first person. And that's over in Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us make man in our, I love that, in our image. Everybody leaves that out. I like it. In our image, after our likeness, and let him or them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him, male and female, he created he them. So he gave, and he didn't stop there. And that's just the very beginning. That's, that's, that's Genesis 1.26. And he went on, and he said, Adam, you need some help. Adam, you need a wife. You need a partner. You need, you need a friend. And so he gave again and created Eve out of a rib. And then he keeps giving. And that's Genesis 3.21. It said unto Adam, also to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. That's, that's where he gave them covering. They figured out they was naked. So he, that's almost the first gift, I guess, uh, if you take Eve away from Adam. That's the first gift, the first present. God gave them clothing to cover up their nakedness. Then we'll skip ahead a little bit and look at Noah. What did God do for Noah? God looked at Noah and he said, this world I created, it is corrupt. It is falling apart. I got to start all over. Noah, build an ark. Noah, I'm going to give you some plans. He gave him plans. Genesis 6, 14 says, uh, please don't doze off on this when it's long. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch in within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come in the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee, and every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shall you bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, our fowls after the, their kind, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after this his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive, and take thou unto thee of the all food that was eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee, and for them 
Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. God gave instructions to Noah. Build an ark. Build it this long, this wide, this high. Make it three stories. And I want you to put two of every kind of animal in there that you can. I'm going to stop there in a second. If you ever get an opportunity to go up to the ark encounter, do it. You'll reread that whole thing differently once you've been through that in a good way. God said, I gave you Adam, I gave you earth, gave you heaven, gave you Adam, gave you Eve. Then he blessed Adam and Eve with Cain and Abel. And he just continued to keep giving and blessing. But then it kind of got corrupt. And he said, Noah, I'm going to give you some instructions on how to make this ark. And he did. And he provided everything that, that Noah and his family needed. He continued to give, not just giving instructions on how to build this ark. He gave them the food, the water that they needed, the supplies that they needed, the gopher wood, all the things that took Noah years and years and years to build. God gave all of that to him and to them. So God continued to gift all of this to Noah, and it keeps going. And God gave Abraham the promise of a nation. We'll go past Noah and we look at Abraham. Genesis 17, God said, And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. God's keep, he keeps giving. We're still in the Old Testament. He keeps giving. And he says, oh, by the way, Sarah, I'm going to give you a son. So here he is, Sarah in her old, her old age. And he says, here, here's that son. Here's that one that you've been wanting, you've been praying for. I'm going to give you that son. Genesis 21.2 says, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken. God gave Abraham a ram. So Sarah gets the son. God gives Abraham the ram so that he doesn't have to sacrifice Isaac on that altar. See, God's not done yet. He's still giving. Here's a ram. I can almost see Abraham, I mean, knife in the air, getting ready to come down. And then he hears that ram in the thicket. Because God's still giving gifts. He gave him the gift of Isaac. And then he gives him that gift of a ram on the altar. Genesis twenty-two thirteen 13 says, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by, the, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And we keep going. I'm not going to read a lot of scripture on this. But God gave Moses power to work miracles, not or miracles, but uh, yeah, miracles. I mean, the locusts, the, all the, the frogs, everything that Moses threw at Pharaoh, that's God's gift. Amen. All the plagues, everything that Moses was using, that was a gift from God. His rod, Aaron and the rod, the snake, the rod turned into, that's all gifts that God was giving Aaron and Moses because that's what God does. He gifts us things. And we keep going on. God gave Moses that power, and then God gives the Israelites the promised land over in Joshua 21, 43. And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which we swear to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. Finally, after 40 years, here's the complete 
to get. Here is what I told you I would give you. Here is the promised land. And they dwelt in it. They thrived in it. They lived in it forever. They're probably still there. But that was just another gift from God. That's what he does. He continued to provide for the Old Testament. We're, we're just Old Testament right now. He just kept giving and kept giving and kept giving. He gave kings to direct his chosen people. God gave prophets to tell us of the Messiah's coming. That's Isaiah 9, 6, my favorite. My favorite right here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So he gave us prophets to tell the world, hey, one of these days I'm going to give you a great gift. One of these days a Savior is coming. One of these days I'm going to gift you a Messiah. Brace yourself so all these years the prophets are preaching and they're telling and then it happens. Then God gave the shepherds angels to make that announcement. God gave the angels to the shepherds to make that announcement. 289, Luke 289. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, to the, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. God gave the angels. And he keeps going. What else did God give? We're not, we won't talk about Jesus here yet. Had the shepherds, and then a couple years later, no, probably about the same time. It just took them a while to get there. God gave a star. God gave a star, and two years later, just don't forget that. God gave a star to the wise men, not the kings, to go, sorry, inside joke. I'm ruining her Christmas. She's not going to forgive me for that. But God gave a star. And those wise men followed that star. If God hadn't given the star, how would the wise men, more than three, by the way, how would the wise men, <laughs> she ain't coming back. <laughs> how would the wise men find the perfect gift? Not in the manger. Because God gave a gift. God gave that star. You see where I'm going with this? God is gifting us a lot of stuff. God is gifting people things throughout the Bible. From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation. When we get into Revelation, think of the things that he has given us. Things that we've been studying in Daniel and Revelation the past year. He's still giving stuff to us. Great things to us. And this, it, I'm not going to say it's more than the sun. Because you don't, it don't get no better than that. But he continues to give us things. God gave that star over in uh, Matthew 2-9. It says, when they had heard the king... Uh, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. He gave that star so that they could find him. But the most beautiful, perfect gift God has ever given us that we have read in the Bible 
is his son. And I think I probably quoted John 3.16 all month, but I can't think of a better one for Christmas. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Did you catch that in there? Gave. That's a gift. He gave us his only begotten son. What a gift. So you go through the Bible, and that's just little pieces throughout the Bible. If you've read much of your Bible, you're probably going to run across a lot more where God has been giving his people things that they needed. Health, money, home, land. Go in the New Testament, you're going to see where God gave healing. You're going to see a lot of things in the Bible where God continues to gift and give and give and give. In one moment in time, the Word became flesh. In one moment, the Word became flesh. In one moment, Spirit became flesh. In just one moment, I can't, I can't describe it. It was just a moment. It went from God in heaven to God on earth in just a moment. When Jesus was born in that manger, born and placed in that manger, that was the moment. Actually, you could probably go back about nine months, ten months, to when she conceived. That's the moment that God became flesh. Conception is life. Conception is life. I don't care what anybody says. When you're conceived, you are a living human being right then. So when Mary conceived of the Holy Spirit, God became flesh. God became flesh. That moment, God took on skin. God took on hair. God took on teeth. God took on toenails. God became flesh. He became us. The invisible God became visible to those that were around him. So now here we are in 2019, almost 2020. We ain't seen him physically. I've been watching, y'all, some of y'all may have watched this. I've been watching a documentary of, uh, it's Morgan Freeman. Don't get no better than that. And it's called God. It's about four or five years old. It's five or six episodes long. And he, he's looking at different religions and their gods. And when he gets to the Christianity part, y'all go, <laughs> I almost threw up, honestly. I was landing in Charlotte Friday night, finishing this thing up. Guess who he interviews on Christianity and about God? Joel Osteen. <laughs> but you know what? Joel Osteen had a really good response about this. And who God is. And I'm talking about him not being physically in front of us, but he is spiritually, he is here. But and Joel said it this way, and we all I believe we're all in the same boat with this one. It is faith. We don't have to see him physically. It is by faith that we know he exists. But for 33 and a half years, we know that God was here in the flesh. So in the in a moment, he was born and was one of us. But in a moment, God became touchable. In a moment, when he was born, Mary could physically lay her hand on God. 
Joseph could physically place his arm around his son, train him physically, train God. Sounds kind of weird, don't it? But how to be a carpenter. James, half-brother, got to physically play with God as a child. God became flesh for just a brief moment. For just a, a moment in time, for 33 years, God walked around here with us. God became touchable. God became pierceable. God became whippable. God became nailable. He had to. It's kind of hard to drive a nail or pierce the skin of a spirit, ain't it? Can't do it. Can't do it. All you're doing is just poking air or just driving nails in a piece of wood. So with him becoming flesh, that moment, he became all of those things, nailable, whippable, pierceable, in just a moment of time. In one moment, God became fully man while still fully God. In just a moment. Just a moment. You ever thought about that moment? We talk about it a lot around this time of year. But it's just a moment. And then we got to experience it for just a few short years. And then that moment went back to heaven. But when that moment happened that he went back to heaven, that's a new moment. That's the moment we get the comforter. Amen. That moment when he's standing on that little rock up on the Mount of Olives, and right before he ascends, that moment, flesh went on, but spirit stayed. And then that moment when he ascended back and he left us the great comforter, there's another moment that we need to think about and talk about. It's that moment that you let that comforter into your heart. That moment that you got up out of that pew and you got down on your face and said, I believe. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Son of God. And it's that's that moment that you received that comforter. It's that moment that you received the greatest gift that you'll ever receive in your life. Your parents can't buy you a nice enough car. Grandparents can't buy you a nice enough house. You can't work your tail off and buy yourself a nice enough present to meet the, the beauty of what God gave us. You just can't do it. But it's that moment, that moment, that one moment that he came, that one moment that he gave us the best gift ever. That moment. I love that moment. Remember that moment Wednesday morning when you guys roll out of bed, do whatever you're going to do on Wednesday or Tuesday night. That moment. You remember that moment. Let that moment stick with you. We all have that moment in our lives. I, I, I may have talked about it a little bit Wednesday night. I don't know. There's moments in our lives that we remember, that we cherish. I remember that moment almost, has it been almost 17 years when we froze to death? 
Yeah, it's around about this time, 17 years ago, that me and Maria hopped on the four-wheeler and drove down to some waterfalls, and it felt like it was negative 37 degrees outside, and I proposed. I remember that moment. But I remember the moment. Yep, she's down there. I snuggled up on her blanket in the floor. This is a bad idea. But I remember that moment when Maria told me she was pregnant. And I remember the moment I held Abby. For the first time. We have a lot of moments in our lives that we cherish and we hang on to. And that we'll never forget. I love those moments. But think about that moment when God allowed his son to be born as a, from a peasant child. She was a child, teenager. Allowed his son to be born and placed in a manger, not even a crib. In that moment, he said, time's short. We've got a lot of work to do. In that moment he was born, God knew He was going to lose his son by the cross. He knew it from the get-go, but it had to be done. Do you not think it hurt his heart just a little, but he knew it had to happen? Those moments in our lives, we hang on to. Every single moment, hang on to it. When those grandkids are born, those nephews and nieces are born, You hang on to those moments, but you need to hang on to that moment that God sent his only begotten son. You have to hang on to that moment, and you got to believe in that moment. you got to believe in that moment. He didn't just come to earth and and Matthew and Luke. He's been with us ever since the beginning. So we talk about that moment in Matthew. We talk about that moment. And Luke, but it's more than that. He's been with us since the beginning. Back to Genesis one twenty six, it says, "And God said, let us let us make in our image, after our likeness." And then you go into John one one, and He tells us, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God." From the very moment that everything was created, Jesus was was there. Jesus was with God. Because Jesus tells us, I and my Father are one. They're the same. Then you throw the Holy Spirit in there and you got the Godhead. You got that Trinity, Holy Trinity. So from the beginning, 
from the, fir the first moment of time, there was God. There was his son. And he wasn't just in the beginning either. He wasn't just in Genesis. And he wasn't just in Isaiah. And he wasn't just in Micah. And he wasn't just in the New Testament. But Jesus Christ is in every single book of the Bible. He is in there in some form or fashion. He is in the Word of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Hang on, here we go. Genesis, the seed of the woman. Exodus, the Passover lamb. Leviticus, the high priest. Numbers, the cloud and the fire. Deuteronomy, the prophet likened to Moses. Joshua, the captain of our salvation. Judges, the judge and the lawgiver. Ruth, the kinsman redeemer. Samuel, the prophet of the Lord. Kings and Chronicles, the reigning king. Ezra, the faithful scribe. Nehemiah, the rebuilder of the walls. Esther, Mordecai. Job, the day spring from on high. Psalms, our shepherd. Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, the wisdom of God. Song of Solomon, the lover and the bridegroom. Isaiah, the prince of peace. Jeremiah, the righteous branch. Lamentations, the weeping prophet. Ezekiel, the son of man. Daniel, the fourth man. Hosea, the faithful husband and married to the backslider. Joel, the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. Amos, the burden bearer. Obadiah, the mighty Savior, Jonah, the forgiving God, Micah, the messenger with beautiful feet, Nahum, the avenger of God's elect, Habakkuk, the great evangelist, crying for revival, Zephaniah, the restorer of the remnant, Haggai, the cleansing foundation, Zechariah, the pierced son, Malachi, the son of righteousness, Matthew, the Messiah, Mark, the servant, Luke, the Son of Man, John, the Son of God, Acts, the Sending Lord, Romans, the Justifier, Galatians, the One who sets us free, Ephesians, the Christ of riches, Amen. Philippians, the God who meets our every need, Colossians, the fullness of the Godhead, Thessalonians, the Son, the soon coming King, Timothy, the mediator between God and man, Titus, the blessed hope, Philemon, the friend closer than a brother, Hebrews, the blood that washes away my sins. James, the great physician, Peter, the chief shepherd, John, everlasting love, Jude, uh, the God, our Savior, and Revelation, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Did you know it? He's always been there. From Genesis to Revelation, he has gifted us. He continues to give us throughout the whole Bible. And it don't end in Revelation. Let's go to John. Revelation is the future. It don't just end in John. He just keeps giving. And given, and given. We don't have it wrote down in the Bible because it's us. But it's etched in our hearts. It might not be etched on a tablet like Moses. It might not be pinned down on a piece of paper like John did. But it's written in our hearts what he has done for us. It's written in our hearts where he has given us the gifts. We all have gifts. Not only has he given us the gift of salvation, but he's given us spiritual gifts as well. Some more talented than the others. I can't play a tune. I can't sing. I don't do none of that stuff. But some of y'all he has given that gift to. And I'm thankful that you use it. Those gifts that he's given us, we better be taking advantage of and using them. I've probably told y'all this before. My mom, my mom, what was it she sung? Alto. She got my choir director one time at, our, at my home church, Willowdale. She quit singing for the wrong reason. 
Miss, she had a stroke when she was 32 years old. She can't sing now. God gives you a talent. You use that talent. You take advantage and you use it and you glorify his name when you're using it, when you're playing or singing or whatever you do with it. Some of y'all might have the gift of gab. Be careful with that one. <laughs> Just be careful. But use all the other gifts. Use those. But think about that. From the beginning to the end, he is the first and the last. The beginning and the end. The alpha and the omega. It doesn't say alpha or omega. It didn't say the beginning or the end. It says and. So he is both. The beginning and the end. The king of kings, the lord of lords. We, we know what he is. Amen. We can't forget it. We all have this image right now of this baby. And that's fine. But just remember, he was born to die for us. That moment in time when he was born was just that moment. Then the next moment in time that we need to remember is his death. And then just a few more days, remember that resurrection. He's got three, four wonderful times for us to remember. There's four times, four moments in God in Jesus' life. We've got to remember. We've got to remember the, the birth. But then we've got to remember the death. And then the resurrection. And then that ascension. We, I, don't, I never want to leave that ascension out. We've got to remember that. He's, that, he's our keeper. He's the keeper of creation because he is the creator of all. We've got to remember that. Can't forget who he is. He always was, he always is, and always will be Lord. You can't take that title away from him. No matter what, you can't take that title away from him. He's unmovable. He's unchangeable. He's undefeated. And he is never, ever undone. Ever. Because of who he is. That's how great he is. And we cannot forget that. We have to always remember who he is. He is life. He is life, but he is so much more. He's get, given us life. All of us sitting here right now, he gave us this life. He knew we was coming a long, long time ago. He said he, he knew us before we was formed in our mother's womb. He knew us. But he's so much more than this physical life. He's the giver of eternal life. He'll give you that if you call on his name. And in that moment, you'll get it. Remember that. He is goodness and kindness. He is gentleness. And he is God. I guess I could sum up the entire thing with he is God. But that's who he is. And we have got to remember who he is and what he came for. Holy, righteousness, mighty, powerful, pure. That's a word you don't hear very often. Pure. But that's what he is. When he came as that babe in the manger, he was pure. When he left this earth and ascended back to God, he was still pure. There's nothing unpure about my Jesus. He was sinless. You don't get no more pure than that. Sinless. Not an ounce, not a drop of sin in his body. On his body, he was pure until that moment that he was on the cross. And then he took it all upon himself. Every drop of sin, he took it. Never experienced it, a day of it in his life. Through the temptations of 
his adolescent years probably and his young adult years and then the temptations he had to deal with in the wilderness with the devil for 40 years, all that he had to go through in life, he not one time stooped to our level and, and sinned. But in that moment that he got up on that cross, he took it all on himself. We can't forget that moment. We can never forget that moment. His ways are right. His ways are not our ways. We know that. Praise God. I wouldn't serve a God whose ways were my ways. Because my ways are wrong. His ways are always right. Because it's his will. His ways are right. His will is unchanging. And his mind, let me back up. His heart is on me. Not his mind. His heart is on me. Think about that. He's my redeemer, my savior. He's my God. He's my everything. He's my all. I can't sum up what he is for me and to me. There's no word to describe it. He's just my all. He's all that I'll ever need. Or, he's all I'll ever need or want. There's nothing better. There's nothing better out there for any of us. My peace, he's my joy, he's my comfort, he is my Lord. And I'll be honest with you. This is where we fail. If he's my Lord, if he's your Lord, he ought to rule our lives. But there's where we, there's where we mess up. Amen. If you're going to call God, if you're going to call Jesus your Lord, you got to let him rule your life. That's what lords do. That's what a lord is, is a ruler. If you're going to call him that, then you better let him be that. If you're going to call him Lord, let him rule your life. There's where I fall short. There's where a lot of us will fall short. We'll call him one thing, but don't let him do his job. Let him do his job. Folks, that's just a drop in the bucket about what we're celebrating this week. If I was to preach a Christmas message about Jesus and about God giving his son, I'd have to start Genesis 1-1. And it'd take a long, long time to get through the whole book of the, the whole, all 66 books to talk about and to tell you about all that he has done. We can read it ourselves. And I encourage you to do that. But you need to experience it yourself. You need to experience the word of God yourself. You need to read that yourself. You need to pray to God that he would have a, a work in your life that you can't imagine. You need to experience God yourself. If you never experienced God yourself, let me tell you, you don't know what you're missing. He's amazing. He's abs 